1: Cranberry Radio presents CEO Coach, a show custom built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. From funding the finances, set up to staffing, our CEO coaches will break down the art of business development from the ground up. Now here to get you started are the experts of online business startup management and development, the founders of Outlines Venture Group, Jillian Music, and Ann Kennedy.
2: Welcome to CEO Coach. I'm Ann Kennedy, president of Outlines Venture Group and author of Global Search Engine Marketing. I'm here with Jillian Music, my partner at Outlines and co founder of both Moz and Bread Approved. Together, we are serial entrepreneurs helping online companies launch, grow, pivot, and thrive. Find out more at OutlinesVenture.com. Hi, Jillian.
3: What's on your mind today? Actually, uh, keeping your head in the game is on my mind. Um, We've been doing a lot of fundraising with our portfolio companies lately, and um, it occurs to me that it takes up a lot of time. So let's do a show today on keeping your head in the game while raising capital.
2: I think that's an excellent idea because, honestly, everybody needs funding and it can be overwhelming and distracting, so... Yeah, every time
3: you ask me what's on my mind, it's funding.
2: I know. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And I appreciate that. Believe me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah yep, that's so, so, so let's start with some of the basics. How much time does it
3: take to raise a round of funding? Well, yeah, the normal answer. Well, that depends. Actually, the, the short answer is a lot of time. About four times, six times, maybe eight times, as long as you thought it was going to take. There will be a few who are the outliers, and they will be incredibly fortunate and raise capital in a timely and efficient manner and move along. And the company grows and all is well, and they'll go, what's the deal to everybody else? The other 99.5% of us, the answer is it's going to take some time. When you go out to raise capital, um, there's just a lot of stuff you know to do. A lot of stuff, indeed. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Tell me more. <laughs> all right. So what's involved? Um, development of collateral material. You're going to need to get a uh, an executive summary and then a um, pitch deck, uh, a business plan to follow that executive summary. There will be some folks who ask you for it. And those things are living documents. They have to change and get updated all the time. Uh, you're going to... Uh, get to research, if you will, right? You've got to spend hours and hours researching the right people to pitch. It isn't just about finding an angel. It's finding an angel who has an interest in the sector that you're in, who writes checks the size that you need, is funding at the moment, um, you know, or investing at the moment and so on. Same thing with for VCs. It isn't just any VC. It isn't just the guys in your neighborhood, it really is about those who focus in your sector who don't have a direct competitor because they don't want to do that, but they want something complementary, right? They've already done something in that sector, and you have this sweet spot with them. So there is a lot of research that goes into it, hours and hours over many weeks to months. You're going to have emailing, and you know the the initial email you've got to kind of develop your style, and every single one of them had better be you know bespoke, unique, custom. None of this. Templated stuff, right? You start with a template, but you have to customize every one. You have to go and read about the venture capital company that you're about to pitch, and about the person that you're reaching at that venture capital company that you're about to pitch. And then you have to mention something that they have accomplished, mention something they've invested in, mention something that is appropriately connected to the idea that you're trying to pitch. It just goes on and on, right? This is slow, slog, and work. Then there are phone calls that follow up the email. If you've made the email cut, right, they actually respond. Then you get on that phone call and if you've made that cut you're going to have some pitch dates set then you have to go pitch you have to get on planes maybe whatever that takes then there are follow-ups if the pitch goes well you know and some people inside an angel group want to invest or the vc wants to invest they're going to be follow-up calls meetings etc then there's going to be due diligence if they finally decide yep we want to move forward oh boy you've made the big time due diligence can take 12 weeks in itself Right? Actually, then, 12 weeks sounds a little bit ambitious. Um, no, I've it's about four, that. Four months. 16 um, weeks, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but four months would include the legal documents, the negotiating, the signing, and finally the funding. So, yeah. yes, even after due diligence, which is... Generally, about four to 12 weeks, right, you're going to have that legal document. You have to draft the documents. Then you have to negotiate every little piece. And trust me, they can be stacks of paper, right? Then the signing. How many people invested in your seed round, in your angel investor round? You know why we tell you to make large investments and keep that list short? Because now you have to email every single one of them with the legal documents and you have to get them back. Right. And we have a we have an invested company that just sent me today her final signed documents. Everybody finally came on board and did that, and she was at it for I think it took her a month to get everybody's signatures. People are busy; they're elsewhere. <laughs> they yeah. finally get it done, and then she will finally see a check in her account.
2: Wow, you know, and that that is that it takes a lot to get done. So mm-hmm. so count on a good six months, maybe a year, maybe more. Yeah. Okay and meanwhile our listeners who are CEOs of their own and founders running a company how Oh yeah do, you do
3: that I forgot we're supposed to run a company yeah well The question is, should you do it yourself or should, you know, have somebody help you with the raising of the capital? With the companies that we're working with and the companies that I've co-founded, we do it internally. I'm not a fan of using brokers. VCs are notoriously displeased by that process. I don't know any VCs who don't say that they're displeased by it. In other words, they're happy about it. So I don't use them. It doesn't mean that they're not useful or they can't get you the introductions you need. Sometimes apparently can or there would be no business in it, right? So I have to be reasonable about it. If the industry exists, somebody must be making money doing it. Therefore, it must work. But in my experience, it's best to do it in house, to find and establish those relationships personally, and that does take time. At uh, Bread Approved, for example, we start with LinkedIn. We identify the people of interest, both angel investors and then the VCs. We establish relationships, and as we're establishing relationships with angel investors around the country and around the world, we are also establishing relationships with venture capitalists because they will come next, and you want to be on their radar early when you're – moving forward and, and getting ready. That will save you time later when you get to the VC round. Once we get to LinkedIn, if they you know connect with us and we have kind of given them a short version pitch, that is pretty templated. This is what we're up to. Are you interested? Is this a good match for your portfolio? Um, may we send you an executive summary? You have to vet every single individual to make sure that they are qualified investors if you're raising capital in the United States. If you're not going to have qualified investors, that's crowdsourcing. It's a whole nother game, and you'd best make very sure you know what you're doing before you get into that. So we make sure everybody's a qualified investor. You can make assumptions. If you are sending it to somebody in a venture capital firm, the firm itself is qualified. Ergo, you may send it to the person who works for the venture capital firm on behalf of the company. You're not sending it, in a sense, to an individual. If you're sending it to an angel group, again, you may make the assumption that the person you send it to at the angel group accepts it on behalf of the angel group you're not sending it to a person once you get into individuals you better make darn sure they're qualified so again if they're leading an angel group if they are known to you to have had you know significant exits from their own startups those kinds of things you may make the assumption but otherwise you'd better get documents signed that say they are qualified investors and by the way you're still going to send them that document even if you send it at the same time of your executive summary Am I boring you yet? This is a lot no, of work, right? <laughs> it, it, no not boring at all i am
2: I am confessed feeling slightly overwhelmed, but I want to go yes. back to your point about uh, getting somebody else to do it because it seems to me okay. there's a an overarching concern that right. who is best suited, not just qualified but best suited to pitch mm-hmm. your company. But the founder, that's the person that's going Ah. to have all the fervor and the enthusiasm and the vision of where the company is going. And aren't those important things to bring before potential investors?
3: Absolutely. So we're talking not necessarily about you know who's, who's got the voice to pitch and this and that, and you'll make decisions among the co-founders of the company as to which one will pitch, but we're really talking about who's got the time. So in the case of who pitches, that's the one that's pitching. That's not the person who's doing all the research to find the investor first. That's not the one who does the LinkedIn ah, research.
2: Not, not right. necessarily.
3: Correct. Yeah, that's almost an admin function, isn't it? That's I mean, exactly that, that right. could be delegated easily. Um mm-hmm. well not und- so easily. You gotta uh, be good at it. <laughs> You've got to have this attention to detail, a desire to research, to to kind of follow these threads of, of commonality, to learn new things. You see somebody on LinkedIn that says impact investor. You go, that's the language. That's what we're looking at, for example, at Brett Approved, right? And then you have to follow that and find other impact investors. And then you have to see what they've invested in. It just goes on and on and on. It takes attention to detail. And this kind of a sleuth-like personality willing to go after it. And, and we've got one at Bread Approved. Well, and she's and, been spending hours, I mean, literally weeks, work weeks worth of time to get this data to yep. us. And it's and, been uh, worth a fortune.
2: And what I want to say is, ba- you know, based on our both of our previous uh, stops in our career um, mm-hmm. careers, this sounds exactly like the kind of people that we used to get to do keyword research
3: that mm, is exactly search correct. Search
2: engine marketing. You just name right. all the attributes of a good keyword researcher. So I'm saying, isn't it possible to look, maybe look outside the obvious to find somebody to to do this work for you?
3: Yes. And that is the, the tip. That would be our hottest tip right here on this sector. Look not necessarily to your senior leadership to do this, but assign somebody in your office who does this kind of work, SEO-type work. Exactly. Keyword research, right? Or hire somebody in-house to do that for that period of time. Ab- Yeah. So we have to take a break. We've got a great first tip,
2: and then we'll come back with a longer and more in-depth discussion of how to keep your head in the game while you're trying to raise capital. I'm Ann Kennedy with Jillian Music. This is the CEO Coach, and we'll be right back.
1: More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1 866 625 5717. That's eBrands with a Z for eBrands.
4: Do you have cold, hard cash burning a hole in your pocket? Let Cranberry Radio lighten your load. Just hand us that burdensome dinero and we'll get you set up with your very own radio show. We produce, edit, and amplify the show. All you have to do is show up. It's time for you to make an impact. We're glad to help. Just hand over the cash. Space is limited. So contact us now at sales at cranberry.fm.
1: Synergize your search engine education from 101 to rockstar level. Only on Cranberry Radio, cranberry.fm. We're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on Cranberry Radio.
2: Welcome back to CEO Coach. This is Ann Kennedy and I'm here with Jillian Music and we are talking about raising capital and in particular, when you're a founder and in a lean startup, how do you keep your head in the game of actually minding the store? So, Jillian, the last segment, we Mm -hmm. talked a lot about how much time it takes and um, who can actually uh, be uh, the kind of person who you can delegate some of the uh, more lengthy research to. So we got all that squared away and we got our hot Mm -hmm. tip, which look outside the box for people to do some of the work that you need to do
3: on this. Mm -hmm. Um, So who minds the store? (laughs) Right. Who minds the store, right? By delegating some of this, of course, you freed up some of your time so you can focus on that traction, which is critically important. You can't just stop the company in order to get the money because then the money will never come. They need to see ongoing traction. So very difficult. Certainly you're going to work a lot of late nights, but some of the materials that you have to develop, right? You're going to have this executive summary and then you're going to have a business plan. Those are living documents and they're very useful for the company. So at least you can, optimize the value of the work that you're about to do and it will speak to example what you're about to build next at the company will help you focus to get that traction going what's really going to happen is that you're uh, you're going to optimize the value of not only the work that you're doing to get funded but you're going to find that you have efficiencies that will emerge they have to emerge work takes up the time allotted to it. Remember that one, right? Yeah. You know, it just expands. That's what we usually say. Work expands to fill the time allotted to it. And in this case, it's going to contract. You must get this stuff done. You know that there are only so many hours in the day. This is when sleepless nights come in, into play. And we talk about the criticality of getting some sleep. So these efficiencies will emerge. Those are good things. The efficiencies will come in a number of ways. You're going to get much better at writing these emails, at at formulating what it is you do for the company, at pitching itself in every way, shape, and form, both verbally and uh, in the written language. And as you do so, you form the core of your corporate culture. And that is moving the company forward. You understand what the rudders are in the water, what the the seven-second pitch is, what are your real missions in life here uh, for this company and so on. So those are the good things there. Other parts of work, just the the nitty-gritty of your daily stuff will also become more efficient simply because it has to. And those things will carry on and over beyond the funding because that will – it will just benefit your company. You're never going back to, if you will, the sloppier amount of work that you did or the time that it took. Um, So those things are good. And finally, it's going to do things like increase your risk tolerance and your tolerance for the word no. You know, if no is a a problem to you, you've chosen a strange way to make a living, right? You're going to hear a lot of no. And then finally, you're going to throw all caution to the winds. At some point, you get frustrated. At some point, you get despondent. You know, we're never going to raise money. It is never going to work everybody's saying no maybe we have the wrong idea you might pivot that's possible but at some point you're going to dig in your heels and just start throwing spaghetti at the wall that's a good thing Right, it teaches you that risk tolerance to do that with other things. What shall we build? Um, how shall we move forward? How should we market this right? Whatever the heck it is you 're building or doing in your company, throwing spaghetti at the wall is actually a really good start. Later, you have to hone, organize, and make sure that it follows your mission, your rudder in the water. It follows your goals, it fills your str- you know fulfills your strategies, and then of course is tactically efficient. But the start process, that's brilliant. It gives you, I should say, it, it broadens your sense of what's possible. And when you do that throughout the company, the company succeeds uh, more efficiently. So that's really good stuff. Yeah, and it's
2: it's you talk about uh, you know throwing spaghetti at the wall. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Elizabeth Yin in her blog about seed funding has a rule that she uses that is a five dash one hundred five hundred rule to close your seed round, and it basically starts with researching five hundred companies narrowing it down to 100 that you ask and then five that you actually get to go see you know it's right it's a lot of time involved with that mm-hmm. I'm also thinking about um you know some of the experience that you had at Moz and I recall there was a a, a really charming honest and uh Somewhat painful to read blog posts that Rand Fishkin put up about visiting 30 uh, companies in Silicon Valley and hearing 30 no's. Do you remember that? Of course, Yes, you do.
3: yes, of course. It, it's uh, debilitating, no question about it, but it also builds character, right? If you can walk through that then you've walked the gauntlet. And, um, and you have to be able to walk that. So, um, you know, no time for thin skin, but I think every entrepreneur begins with thinner skin than they come out at the far end. Um, there are other kinds of examples of, uh, of companies that benefited from this sort of thing. For example, this idea of doing the unscalable stuff to get to scalability, right? You're busy trying to make your company grow and you're busy trying to raise funds. Nobody's believing that you can do anything, you're running out of money. Hell, you've run out of money, you know. You're living on nothing at all, and you're putting more money perhaps into it than you know that you don't have anyway. Everything is hocked to the teeth. Now, what do you do? All right? Well, Airbnb, for example, said, you know, the photos weren't any good, people weren't getting the idea, nobody had done this before, there were no templates for anyone. The whole thing was failing. I mean, they were weeks away from disaster. You know, Moz was there at one point too, right? So they were weeks away from it. They went to New York and they started taking photos for other people. They just went in and did it. They went, that's what we're looking for. And then slowly people got the idea, they got better at it. They don't take everybody else's photos anymore. But they had to show people how it was done, and then it started to take off. There are other um, examples of companies that do those kinds of things. But they get that, how should I say, tolerance to do crazy things simply because they must. Absolutely. And in fact, that uh, necessity
2: was the mother of an invention of a process for them that actually worked better that they That's wouldn't right. have thought of unless they'd reached that point of desperation.
3: So perhaps That's it's right. desperation is the mother of invention, Yes, not necessity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and funding can lead you to that. So keeping your head in the game is essentially letting the lessons of funding um, inform your activities and your viewpoints on what you can and cannot do uh, in the business. It does give you this idea that you could do anything. Now, I think we've got to take a break. When we come back, we'll come back with a few more tips on how to keep your head in the game while you're funding and to make the most of it. This is Jillian Music with Ann Kennedy. We'll be right back.
1: More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this.
4: Do you have cold, hard cash burning a hole in your pocket? Let Cranberry Radio lighten your load. Just hand us that burdensome dinero. And we'll get you set up with your very own radio show. We produce, edit, and amplify the show. All you have to do is show up. It's time for you to make an impact. We're glad to help. Just hand over the cash. Space is limited. So contact us now at sales at cranberry.fm. Is your website hacked?
3: Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not
4: leave you stranded.
3: At Fjordj, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business
0: deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E-Digital.com.
5: Looking
1: for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Pick out some new favorite podcasts now at Cranberry.fm. We're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on Cranberry Radio.
2: Welcome back to CEO Coach. This is Ann Kennedy, and I'm here today with Jillian Music, and we're talking about fundraising and how to keep your head in the game of your business as well as the game of fundraising. And we've talked about a lot in the first two segments about how much effort it takes, how much time, and all the details that have to be accomplished. And our first tip was look at the things you can delegate and perhaps look outside your conventional thinking for whom you can delegate them to. For instance, researching those 500 companies that you're going to narrow down to 100 to actually um, contact and so forth. But Jillian, in the second segment, we talked about the benefits of this process to your Mm -hmm. company. You want to recap of that real quick
3: for our listeners. I I sure can. I I also want to kind of segue between the two. Uh, This idea that you can hire somebody and think about the mindset or attributes of the person who would be good at the research, that's fine. There's also going to be somebody who's going to help you out with writing the executive summaries, the templated emails, those kinds of things, that's good. Or making those first contacts through LinkedIn and so on, that's fine. But there will also be projects and jobs where you won't be able to do them because you're out pitching somebody else. This is a really good time to provide challenges to people within the company to give them chances to excel, to become better leaders, and to think for themselves. Put them in your shoes. Just say you take over whatever it is. It may not be around the funding. You've got to do that. So whatever it is, others will have an opportunity to increase their uh, leadership management, uh, whatever the skill sets are, um, and take on new projects. That would be one. There are other advantages. You know, the idea that that people within your company can, uh, you can give away your Legos more quickly, if you will, right, that people in your company can take these leadership roles is one thing. That will give you the courage to give them ever more important projects over time. The second one we talked about was the fact that you're developing this collateral executive summaries, business plans, and so on, gives you that rigor of thought around your business, helps you create things like missions, vision, goals, uh, strategic um, initiatives, and then, of course, the tactical plans and dates with them so that you can tell whether or not you're reaching your traction goals. You're going to have to prove that to investors. Therefore, you're going to have to write them out that's really good rigor around your company. So fundraising, whether you're actually doing it or you are you want to just pretend that you're doing it, I would say write yourself an executive summary and a business plan and then keep it up to date. Uh, everything from your financial projections to what you will accomplish in the next quarter and in the next year is a really good idea to keep in the forefront. Um, in addition, we talked about the fact that work uh, expands to fill the time allotted to it. And in this case, because there is less time, efficiencies will emerge both for yourself and for everybody else in the company. When you're stretched thin, that's when you figure out better ways to do things. And finally, it will increase your tolerance, your risk tolerance. You will try things you would never have thought of trying and that will spill over into the actual action and product of your company as well. What the heck? We've got nothing to lose anymore. Throw it at the wall, let's try it. Let's call that guy and see if he'll fund us. Who would have thought, you know, that these connections would lead to funding? But many companies have those stories where, I don't know, we finally gave up and just got on the phone. And who knows? We got in touch with her and she came to visit. And then she introduced us to three more people and we got funded. You know, I was like, really? Is that how it worked? <laughs> right? But you've got to kiss a lot of frogs before you find your prince or princess. You have to have the gut to try things that you would never have tried before. This process helps you do that. And uh, let's not forget
2: that some of the best uh, business opportunities come from loose connections.
3: Yes, and they would um, extend far beyond the funding. Even if somebody says no, it doesn't mean they won't introduce you to somebody who, one, will fund you, or two, is a potential customer. I've certainly had that happen several times where they say, well, you know, we're, we're not a good match for this. It's not what we do. But, you know, I know somebody who needs your stuff. No kidding. No kidding. I'll take their money. The best way to fund your company is with sales. (laughs) But uh, it was never enough to fund the company with a sale. But it was very good to get those other connections, strategic partnerships. In general, people who do funding are good souls. They, They want to not only invest, they want to see these companies succeed. So if they can help you out, they often do, even if they're not putting their own money on the line. That's also very valuable to your company. Leverage that. When people say no, don't just ask why they said no, although you should, because if you hear the same thing again and again, there might be a pivot in your future or at least a tweak in your discussion or how you present something. But in addition, ask, is there anyone else you know who might fund this, you know, for whom this would be a good match for their portfolio? Or perhaps, do you know any clients or potential clients we should be contacting today? Just because you make them think about it, they might come up with some really good stuff. And it just occurs to me why this
2: is really good stuff and we're running out of time. A lot of our founders are engineers and have an engineering mindset. And a lot of the things you're talking about, like risk tolerance and networking expansion, do not come naturally to them. Before mm-hmm. we go, can you
3: give us, recap, real quick, three top tips? Top tips. One, Delegate that which can be delegated not only in the funding process, but in your business process. You're going to need all the minutes and hours you can get. Delegate everything you can. Give other people a chance to excel. That would be the hottest tip. Yeah. Number two, risk. Get to that point of desperation as quickly as humanly possible. Therefore, you must get lots and lots and lots and lots of no's until your mind is in the right mindset to start really throwing spaghetti at the wall. Try any crazy thing you can think of. Call up rock stars, call up business people, call the president, do whatever it takes. It's that line that says, What would you do if you knew that you could not fail? Well, You can fail. It's evident. 50 people already told you they're not going to fund your company. So what are you going to do for the next ones? I've got a list of 110 people who don't want to fund the current company I'm trying to fund here, right? 110 have already said no. I'm almost there, right? But that's what it's going to take. Wait, you're saying
2: move from a ramen noodles mindset to a spaghetti mindset. Uh, Yes, even ramen noodles will stick to the wall. I'm okay with that. (laughs) Don't
3: buy spaghetti, you can't afford it.
2: (laughs) Okay, and clearly, uh, isn't the third hot tip, when you get to that mindset and you're desperate, be open to letting others on your team take leadership in your company to keep the company moving forward while you're out throwing spaghetti at the wall?
3: Yes, that kind of refers back to our first tip as well. Again, you know, delegate, let them excel, let them take the lead. That's very cool um, because you are going to be busy. The second one is have that risk tolerance. Absolutely. Get the team involved too. It's amazing the people they might know. So get them involved in that mindset and then optimize everything you do that you're doing for funding to speak to the value and the success of your own company. The rigor about developing your materials, uh, the focus on this networking where you must get in touch with new people. You're going to do it, get good at it. And once you're good at it, it will be easier for you to do that in the future with potential customers, with uh, industry uh, opportunities to speak publicly. You're just going to get good at a lot of things. If you've never pitched, well, after 50, 60, 100, or 110 pitches, you're going to be really good at the pitch. You'll be more easily able to speak in public as well. That's going to benefit your company. Who else do you want to send out to do the same absolutely
2: well i'm afraid that's it for this monday at ceo coach we'd like to thank our producers at cranberry radio for their support you can download these shows at cranberry.fm forward slash shows slash ceo dash coach itunes iHeartRadio, stitcher and many other places around the web you'll find links and more on facebook.com slash CEO coach podcast, stop by and hit the like button so we know you were there and tell us what you'd like to hear about on CEO coach. Thanks for joining us. I'm Ann Kennedy with Jillian Music, and you can find out more about how we help companies to launch, grow, pivot, and thrive at outlinesventure.com. Till next week.